you bastard! I'm the daddy now. Next time, I'll fucking kill you! A video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty. Welcome to It's a Nasty World, the podcast all about censored cinema and the darker side of movies. Uh, my name is Spencer, and I'm here with Elliot. What's up? How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Okay, and uh, what what movie do we have? You recommended that we review Scum, and this certainly is a dark entry for our very first episode. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, yeah, I was uh, pretty surprised by it, and uh, it was pleasantly surprised by, honestly, how good this was. So uh, let's get into why this was uh, why this film was censored in the first place and what it is. We should get into a couple of uh, disclaimers before we start. Uh, oh, yep, thank you. Def- definite content warning needed. Um, so yeah, this this podcast will contain a lot of talk, uh, especially with this movie, violence, gore. Uh, racism, sexual assault, and things of a very dark and disturbing nature, as most of these movies that we are reviewing are going to be fairly dark and disturbing. So thought I would give everybody a little content warning, and there will be spoilers to the movie. So Most importantly. Yeah, and uh, spoilers are... It, yeah, so... Yeah, so if you are uncomfortable with the topics or don't want spoilers, you know, you have been warned. All right, yeah. So this movie we're talking about, it's called Scum. It's from 1979. And uh, let's see, I guess it's uh, it's about a uh, British boys' borstal prison. It's a, like, uh, youth detention center. Uh, and the atrocious conditions within. Um, it's definitely, uh, like... A child prison, and uh, yeah, which is uh, <laughs> of course something we hope to one day be an archaic concept. But yeah, it's child prison. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, so yes, these uh, it's so, and it's pretty interesting. So I guess the this film has two versions. Uh, there was the original 1977 television play uh, that that was ended up being banned and was not aired. Um, but, uh, eventually, but I guess shortly after, but people were aware of it, uh, shortly after it was, uh, not aired by, uh, Channel 4 on the BBC, uh, I guess the producers of the show arranged a private screening for critics, and so word got out about this film, and uh, a couple years later, they turned it into a feature-length film. I guess, and so we're going to be mainly talking about the feature-length film, but also maybe talking about some of the differences between the two versions. Um, yeah, the, um, the original TV version, I was looking up a fact about it after it got banned, it wasn't aired in any UK television until 1991. So movie was banned for a couple of the original was banned for a couple of decades off, uh, UK television. Damn. I, I, now I wasn't aware of that. I mean, that just quite how long it was banned for. And I do know also that uh, this is a name that's going to be coming up quite a bit in the podcast. Um, 
a one Miss Mary Whitehouse, uh, who is a social reformer and overall uh, obnoxious busybody and a big instigator in the whole video nasties controversy, uh, apparently had taken the uh, producers of uh, or taken Channel. F oh, I'm not sure about the producers, but definitely had taken uh, Channel Four to court to court, and uh, had actually won a private prosecution against them. Although it was later um, overturned on an appeal. Uh, the and the version we'll be mostly talking about it was um, how it, um, it was actually in 1983 the uh, VHS version of Scum got caught up in the uh, video nasty controversy of the 80s. So yeah, this uh, both versions of the movie have you know and have had uh, legal proceedings against them. This is a very um, this is a very controversial film at that time. And it's pretty crazy to think that this film would get banned just considering, like, the actual topic it uh, it's covering, which is, you know, basically, you know, it's it's speaking about, you know, abuse within Britain's prison system. And you'd think it's done almost in this documentarian-like style, but it is a scripted program. So, you know, it's you'd think about this as actually, you know, being a film about you know, the subtext is about social reform in some case, just showing the brutal conditions of these, you know, of these horrible institutions. But I think it was you know, the mere depiction of such that caused the banning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, it's it's a very dark and rough movie, but I really think it was more on more. It was banned way more on the basis of the social commentary than the content itself because i mean yes this is a very violent movie but you know violent movies have been being made forever like i really think the social commentary of this movie was why it was my theory is that that is actually the main reason why it's banned versus you know obviously they're gonna say you know this movie has a lot of violence cursing um you know, blood but you know i i honestly find i i truly think that it's the social commentary that got this movie banned not oh completely content. yeah and i know it's like typically especially with a movie like this they would probably just uh remark upon the level the amount of violence within the film and disturbing imagery within the film as the reason to ban it. But yeah, this one specifically, there's definitely, yeah, there are definitely people who didn't want this film to be, you know, viewed as it, you know, it definitely, it paints the British government in a pretty bad light without necessarily expi explicitly saying, Mrs. Thatcher, this is your doing, but just, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's, you know, but it, it just, it's the, yeah, the mere depiction of such is, you know, considered offensive and something that kind of shouldn't be, shouldn't be seen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And I think at the time too is, you know, we have, um, we have a million TV shows, movies and, uh, documentaries that show what prison's really like. I think when this movie came out, it wasn't really as in the open on what goes on in prison day to day. Cause I don't. I don't think I don't even know if in the seventies uh, prisons had surveillance yet. You know, like was that even a no? Thing? Not the 
not the level that we did. I mean, I know that like at least within the United States, like uh, there was the Attica prison riot in the late '60s, and that you know had kind of made you know gotten national attention as to you know poor conditions in prisons. But you know, it's like at the same time, you could rationalize that away and say, oh, well, that's just that prison or something. You know, it's like, but in this case, this is you know, if you show it in this more generalized uh senses that is showing the movie because i don't even know if we're given the name of the facility they're at in the film no i mean i don't know i some of the um mysteries of this movie i think were definitely done on purpose like like um you don't really get to learn too much about the crimes the kids committed which i think is actually a positive thing because as this is being a movie uh, critical of the judicial system out, out in Britain, that, you know, be, being of critique of that, you know, it shouldn't, and I, I would say it shouldn't really matter, you know, what the crime is. No one needs yes. to be subjected to torture. And it, you know, it, most civilized societies would agree that, you know, that, you know, torture should not be an option in law. It, yeah, it's exactly. Except that it's, it's very interesting how it's like, you know, one would think that on the surface, but then it's interesting in the research I've been doing for this, uh, basically found out about another, uh, I'm not going to go into it in detail or anything, but like another like actual real life huge scandal in one of these you know british youth detention facilities i don't think it was a borstal uh you know a borstal proper but it was a youth detention facility basically that was just rampant sexual abuse and violence just occurring on a daily basis like worse than what's shown in the film um and at least it's portrayed in this film uh and how this was like almost something that was encouraged in some way as a a deterrent and to the point where even like someone like margaret thatcher was basically saying that you know this this justice to be short and swift and you know it's like you punish people quickly and you know basically put them in these bad you know it's like and the subtext of it all was if you put them in these bad conditions this is like a deterrent to keep them from doing this stuff and of course you know that type of policing never fucking works and you know it just promotes these just horrible like basically abu grabe like conditions <laughs> and just like like literally like the some of the same things they were doing in abu grabe they were doing at you know this facility and you know not like you know the famous electricity photo but like you know other stuff so it's like you know this is actually a pretty accurate portrayal you know after reading that account and then seeing this movie this is a pretty accurate portrayal of some of the stuff that goes on in these places yeah and one thing that is really unsettling about this film when i was watching it and i you know i watch a lot of inside prison death row type documentaries i've always been fascinated on the subject of uh you know criminal punishment and all that stuff you know i've always had a fascination so well, i've seen a lot of prison documentaries and jail shows you know there's a million reality shows and when i'm watching this this movie the concept of this was created in 1977 
And when I, wa- it, I when I think about every like lockup uh, prison type show, it seems like there's the same structure is still happening in tons of prison to this day, especially America. You know the uh, uh you know there's so many things that when you when you talk about prison will come up. You know like the um the violence inside prison. You know it's still very similar to what happens in the movie. Um you know the um the uh, racial tension is still just as high now in our facilities as it was in you know in this facility in this movie. So. You know, it is um, it's very disheartening to see that some things just really haven't changed. Oh yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it, pretty much yeah, what you said, man. Um, <laughs> so I guess uh, let's get into kind of the film proper. Um, I guess it's difficult to the film isn't it doesn't really have a. A, a super strong narrative. It's kind of more of a series, like a loose series of vignettes that kind of follow, you know, a couple characters in this facility. Um, but I felt like the film was pretty effective as a movie because I felt like each scene kept ratcheting up the tension and kind of like it just, and eventually it, it builds to this kind of shocking and abrupt ending. I would say this movie actually, it feels like the movie takes you to jail with them because, yes, because one thing that, um, sounds really terrible and frightening about, you know, the concept of being incarcerated is really that it's, you know, a, like looping the same exact, uh, things happening every single day and nothing really gets brighter. You just, you know, you get up and you eat a little bit and you slave and you get, you have to go to bed at like six and then wake up at 5am or something, you know, it's like, uh, and then at the same time with this repetition, you're constantly on guard because at any point, another inmate is, or a guard is going to fuck with you. Oh yeah. At some point. Yes. And so it's like, so it's this repetition it's, it's, it's this endless repetition and monotony kind of combined with with the threat of violence around the just around the corner at any minute. Yeah, one thing I noticed about this movie that really just sets the tone is like within the first five minutes, this kid's getting, you know, he's getting, um, you know, he's getting uh, booked in. He's getting booked. He's, you know, he's a, a yeah, process. Yeah, he's getting processed. That's the word. He's getting processed, and within minutes, one of the staff just beats the shit out of him. And I'm pretty. Oh yeah. I don't think it was really provoked in any way. It just seemed like they just wanted to hurt him and intimidate him, and you know, give him a give him the uh, a tone for what's <laughs> for what's coming. You know. Um, yeah, that's right. I think. Yeah, and this is. Uh, I think our main character, uh, Carlin. Uh, played by Ray Winstone, who, uh, you know, it's like as a teen actor, and this is absolutely amazing, but um, at least, and you will probably recognize Ray Winstone from a few, uh, from a few different films. He's been in a shit ton of British movies. Uh, and then I think definitely including the one I'm super familiar with is a uh, sexy beast, where he kind of plays a uh, retired British mobster kind of across from uh, Ben Kingsley he plays like a psychotic mobster who's like dragging him back out for one last job. And, 
And then what else? Yeah, he was also in uh, The Departed, too. He plays uh, one of Jack Nicholson's uh, main henchmen. And, uh, yeah, so, like, so, and even, and he's pretty much excellent in every film he's been in, everything you see him in, he's absolutely amazing, but, and, and even including this, yeah, he's, he's great. The acting in this is really amazing. Like, you really feel like, you know, you, when you're watching it, you can't actually picture them as real life human beings that aren't the characters in the movies, like this movie. It's a very... It's a very, very well-made movie. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I kind of came into this expecting this to be really fucking schlocky, and it's not. There's no schlock to this one. It's actually, like, it, it takes itself seriously as a film without being pretentious or anything. Yeah, and um, I feel like it has great acting. It runs for a perfect amount of time, and the, yeah, tight ninety. Yeah, and the uh, the message it, the message that it wants to convey is um is really thrown out on the table. And you know, they really at the first five minutes, you kind of know that this movie is gonna get darker and darker and darker, and you kind of already know there's not gonna be a happy ending to this. Oh yeah, and it's like. I just remember saying to myself the entire time, it's like, it just like you with without knowing that this was gonna happen in the film, but just like, and maybe it just like when's the rape scene gonna happen? Because just like it just it was just like okay, when is this gonna happen? Because it just like I feel like not like it's predictable, but just like the way the like the tension and the violence just kind of kept ratcheting up. It's just like I feel like this is just gonna happen escalating and you can tell that you kind of actually watch some of the kids spiral down to behave worse and worse throughout the movie and it really it really shows that the movie really shows that the 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 staff has a huge amount of influence on the violence in this facility oh yeah like they, they, i mean the staff sets the tone like i mean like you said like when carlin's getting processed they immediately just like you know basically just you know hit him to show him who's boss and basically they set the tone and was it they even direct i think uh, they direct that other boy who's the current you know the top guy the daddy in the jail uh was it pongo banks they direct him to the new guy the guards do as a way it's like you know like you let him know how things work here and it's like they, they actively encourage uh, I forget if that was in the 77 version or the 79 version, but either way, I, I'll consider it a single work in this case. Yeah, they're um, pretty much, they're pretty, they're pretty the same movie. Like, they're, <laughs> yeah. It's just like the, it's just like the 70, the 79 version just has better cinematography and like better lighting, better film quality. Um, just like it's like it has just has better production values overall uh than the 77 version uh but the 77 version is also like really excellently acted it just you know it just has like 1970s made for television quality though <laughs> and um yeah i was thinking about uh the uh <laughs> the plastic boots kid you know oh archer yes yeah he's like uh the most based character in the film in, in the film <laughs> It's like he's yeah like he would be like he's an unpopular person in this movie but like if he was a character now everyone would just love him oh seriously like because because he's like a 
Archer, it's like you kind of get a. F- I don't know. And that's that's one thing I love too. Like they never tell you why he's in the facility, uh, but it's clear that whatever he did, he probably he definitely doesn't deserve to be here because it's clear that this guy's very, he's very smart. Uh, he's you know very thoughtful person. You know he's very intellectually astute. Um, and like he, he was constantly trying to get his hands on some sort of knowledge, uh, like he's you know requesting Dosto- to read Dostoevsky and being denied by the prison library. Um, yeah, he's a vegetarian. He doesn't like animals being hurt. He's you know he's on a quest for spirituality. There's there's a lot of things about this. Um, you know he eats. Like, he kind of comes off the bat, like, we should let this guy go. Like, I seriously, like, his character, I feel like if he wasn't in the system, he could be on his way to being a college professor and a successful person. But of of course, in the universe that this movie is in, he's probably just, you know, I'd say for the universe of this film, he's probably going to just be in and out of prison his whole life, you know. Yeah, just... Be just because he's been, I mean, ex-con, you know, by by virtue of having been put in the system in the first place. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting because uh, it's I was noticing the contrast between because I guess if you do have to have a main character, I guess because you mostly you follow Carlin around, but you don't really know anything about him other than you know he's kind of he's definitely he's a big guy, he's strong. Um, but also definitely knew this facility. And so, you know, he gets jumped pretty fucking quickly. Um, but then you also kind of follow kind of as a, I guess the next closest character is Archer. And just because you actually got to get to know who he is. And I found this interesting contrast between them because throughout the film, I guess if you have to track a, a narrative is that kind of Carlin ends up kind of, becoming the daddy of the uh, of like of his block and then eventually of like of the prison just being you know like he ends up in this great awesome scene taking out um the other like the other the gang of the other daddy and then eventually just like beating the shit out of him and proclaiming himself the new daddy um and then eventually fighting the leader of the of a rival cell block and and besting him uh kind of Carlin moves up the he takes as rivals to move up the hierarchy of the prison uh but kind of in doing so he kind of merely feeds into the behavior and ideology that prison system breeds I mean it's like this is a guy who's definitely clearly going to be locked into the system for the rest of his life and you contrast to this with Archer who's kind of like he's dedicated to a form of civil disobedience uh, where he's kind of determined to fuck with the system itself and make things as difficult as possible for the uh, for kind of like you know the prison for the guards and the system and just and the warden and the governor everyone just running the uh, running the prison here and even if it means it's gonna be physically uncomfortable because uh, you know like part of his vegetarianism is that he refuses to wear the leather shoes and so he like for the first like, for several scenes you see him and he's barefoot including outside of the winter uh until they get him plastic shoes and then you know even though he claims to be an atheist and this is you know it's like maybe he is maybe he isn't you know but he's an atheist so he's not going to the sunday chapel 
he has to sit in a room for half an hour uh, with a prison guard just kind of watching over him as he's not there. And even then, you know, after when he, this is one time he expresses interest in religion, he says, oh yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, my thoughts have turned to Mecca, thinking about converting to Islam, I do. Yeah, that, that was really, um, really a point that, showed how you know the fascism and oppressive uh building um that they were in you know it's he want you know it's very much like it's like they're trying to brainwash them you know like brainwash these kids you know they they think well we have a center religion that's practiced around this prison so it must be the right one screw all of well, you yeah, other cause... religions well, no, because t- totally, because, I mean, this also, it's, I think it's completely built in because, um, you know, like they refer to, you know, the C of E, the Church of England, that's the state religion of England. And, you know, kind of being appropriately kind of uh, enforced upon these prisoners, um, you know, because as representatives of the state. And I think it's also, it's pretty interesting, too, um, that during that because uh, they have a scene with Archer and the guard as, you know, Sunday chapel happens and he's just sitting in this room alone with him, just drinking tea with his guard, you know, and they, and they kind of get into kind of this in- very interesting conversation, um, you know, kind of about, you know, what prison means and how they're both actually in prison here. Uh, but as that conversation is going on in the background, you hear hymns being sung and this one hymn in particular called Jerusalem, um, is being sung and that is kind of an unofficial national anthem for England. Uh, kind of like, you know, depending on which football club you watch, they might sing God save the queen or Jerusalem at the beginning of every game. So the fact that, you know, not only is it, you know, they're at Sunday church, but they're singing also what is an anthem for England as, you know, they're having this discussion about the meaning of prison. And uh, we should probably go into also, I mean, this is a very um, touchy subject, obviously, but a big uh, theme throughout the movie is racism and really gives mm-hmm. you and <laughs> shows you how institutionalized racism works, you know, the um, because the staff is just as and maybe even more racist than the inmates themselves, and they insert their racist ideologies onto the kids like, at the beginning of the movie, the the black kid gets booked, and then they uh, he gets processed, and he immediate the, the guard immediately tells him to stay away from the white kids. You know, like well, no, like no, I think awful. it's um, they immediately place. I mean, they kind of like it's understandable in some case, but it's like you know, you get you know, you don't get a group cell, you get a private cell because some of the inmates here are prejudiced, and then you know, as the guard leads him to his cell, he basically he. he call you know basically says a few slurs to the guy you know and then sets the tone for pretty much how his incarceration is going to go and it kind of continues from there and it's true it even infects when carlin fights the leader of the next cell block who appears to be that cell block appears to be mostly black because they ended up playing a game of uh was it indoor rugby against each other and against and the two cell blocks and it's, it's they make it abundantly clear that it's like that cell block's majority black, this cell block's majority white. There's like a couple of, you know, other kids peppered in there, but it's like, yeah, it's like 90% black, 90% white. And then 
so basically, you know, when Carlin goes to fight this other, this other, uh, gang leader, it's like he, well, for one, he also, he like carries a pipe with him and a weapon. The other gang leader thinks it's going to be, um, you know, a fist fight and just beats the shit out of him immediately. And then just launches in just saying the same slurs that the guards were saying earlier to him. And basically as a way to like humiliate and demean and dominate this guy, you know, based on the racial, like the racist hierarchy that they've set up in this place. It's yeah, it's really bad. And it, it really shows that the, the staff like just has no interest in, in trying to to minimize or end the racism or the violence and even when it comes to something as horrific as a sexual assault they they still seem to have no interest in doing anything to stop that from happening either and you really see how little how little these um children are these are kids too these are kids experiencing physical violence racism and sexual assault on a daily basis i don't care what they did they are all children and i can't imagine that in a facility of like like you know two thousand kids or however many uh prisons hold like yeah i can in no reality do i think that many kids should be locked up for an extended or for the rest of their natural life. It just, it doesn't seem it's, it's not right. Or even just get processed into this in the first place. I mean, I think it's like part of this shows it's like, okay, like I don't think any version of the car sort of state that's been kind of like set up in the Western world is like truly and really effective. It's more of an out of sight, out of mind approach to things and not actually, and just kind of kick, continue to kick this can down the road without actually, you know, solving or addressing the problem at the base of this which most of this is poverty let's be honest here um because that's i mean it's pretty interesting you know most of the kids i mean it's also noteworthy of you know pretty much all the kids in this you know uh have like all the white kids have like working class british accents and uh and they or are black and so it's like it's definitely like yeah these none of these kids are rich these are all poor kids yeah, it it you are and just like in America, if you are poor, you are more likely to do a long prison stint. You know, we um, as a society, we we pretend that you know the sentence is always based on how extreme the crime is, but it's really our sentences in this country, and you know, it seems like in this in uh, Borstal's too, it's like you know you're. You don't, you know, you don't get a fair trial if you don't come from money, and that's a big well. No, because it, it's incre- It was they were incredibly punitive. Also, I mean, you could you could wind up in one of these places. I mean, in the other case I was reading about, you could wind up in one of these places for, you know, one of these boys wound up in a youth detention facility for something as small as stealing a twelve pound wristwatch. Like that's yes. I'm like like this is the punitive. Like this is how punitive these places were at the time. And so of course you know it's like if you didn't have money to afford a lawyer to you know obviously work down what that was, you're just gonna get shipped off and sent to one of these places. Easy thought because if you think about it, it's like um, I would say most kids 
try stealing because yes you know they're they're not mature enough it's, to have it's a rite of passage like for the most part i mean it's like it's it's a stupid thing that bored kids do for the most part but like it kind of is this weird rite of passage you know shoplifting i mean and I think- to take such a harsh you know measure with that you know it is insane i mean like at least I have personal experience for myself here. It's like, I, I know friends like, of course, you know, I've tried shoplifting, got caught immediately. And luckily the store owner just, you know, shamed me and made me leave. But, uh, that was that, you know, like recognize what was happening there. Um, but in the case of like, you know, I've had a friend who got caught who ended up getting, you know, sent, you know, sent to the police and, uh, but luckily, you know, it's like we live in a very affluent white area and pretty much, you know, this guy was white, upper middle class. And basically all I just had to do was write a letter to the judge and then poof, off you go. Yeah. That's good. You know, write a letter saying sorry. And then that's it. Yeah. The rich white kids always get rehabilitation and second chances. And then usually poor and not white equals actual jail sentences and time and, you know, and this is this is a big theme with the uh, prison system, even down to capital punishment, which, you know, we all immediately think with capital punishment like, oh, yeah, this is great because they're going to get, you know, they're going to get rid of all the Jeffrey Dahmers and the Ted Bundys and, you know, the, the bombers and the terrorists. But it's like, no, the capital punishment system that we have here uh, usually ends in. In, you know, poor people being executed, you know, poor minorities uh, being executed while 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 rich white affluent people are very often given lighter sentences, no sentences, you know, a second chance or life. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, instead. And then, you know, they get those second chances and stuff. And then even then they get caught again and then mysteriously commit suicide, you know, in jail. And then that's the end of that case. And then nothing further ever came from it. You know, they're dead there. Yeah. And his accomplice and longtime confidant definitely wasn't just recently captured and uh, definitely, you know, it's like, you know, and these people just, you know, they, they never get to have, you know, sex cult temples in the Virgin islands. And, you know, it's like, why do, you know, people like that who mysteriously commit suicide always get away with it? It's, I, I just, I just, I really don't know. It's, uh, it's a system that's, you know, it's rigged for um, for rich white people to succeed. And everyone else can... I'm talking about Epstein. I'm talking about Epstein. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wait, did you really? <laughs> I, I knew you were talking about Epstein. <laughs> but I, I had a feeling that somewhere you were going to bring up Epstein. You, you seem to talk about Epstein. Sorry, we're going towards rich people escaping justice. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing, uh, being friends with Spencer, he, um, yeah, if you want to talk to him about Epstein, he has a, a lot of dialogue about Epstein to where I... Th- I'll try and stop myself. Yeah, maybe you could have your own uh, Epstein podcast or something. No, 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 no. Just listen to... No, I am not infringing upon Brace Belden and Truanon. Um, support Brace Belden and Liz Franzak. Uh, support Truanon. We support Truanon Thought and our pro Truanon podcast. Oh, for sure. I don't know who any of those are, but... <laughs> Uh, well, uh, yeah, it's a good one to listen into. (laughs) 
Yeah, this is my uh, first podcast, and I don't have a history of listening to podcasts. And it's very interesting because uh, I also I, this is not my this is my first podcast I've done, but uh, I have a great history of listening to podcasts, which makes me very qualified to make one. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, it's I found that's actually quite a good contrast to you because uh, you have a huge history with the video nasties, and I have next to none. Yeah, I've always been a huge fan of. Uh, um, controversial cinema, you know, I, I, uh, you know, any, as a kid, any movie that I wasn't supposed to watch, I watched uh, immediately. <laughs> and I was scared of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, like I want to do, uh, give us some kind of final thoughts, uh, Springer style before we have, uh, wait, what was his bodyguard's name? Oh, uh, Steve Wilkos. Yeah, before we have Steve Wilkos throw the chair and ask those prison pedophile guards to get the fuck off his stage. Hey, those dudes need to get thrown on that show. <laughs> <laughs> guards okay, like technically... that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, so let's get our final thoughts and recommendations. Um, I would say I would recommend this movie to people who are curious on the subject of president incarceration and also maybe if uh you know that has a lot to say about why there needs to be prison reform and why there needs to be a new approach to dealing with legal issues than you know we've had in the past friggin forever this is a really good movie uh it's not an easy watch um you know it's meant to trigger every negative emotion you can possibly feel uh, but um yeah just be great movie hard to watch yeah it's um yeah i gotta say it's like all in all i say uh this i, I was i was very pleasantly surprised by this movie in terms of you know what i got because i came in expecting complete schlock and uh turns out this was actually like a very well done well made well acted film that kind of touches upon some issues that are unfortunately still very prescient in our society and uh yeah i'd say yeah definitely this is a i'd say this is a must watch uh absolutely and definitely watch for i mean fans of fans of tracking shots uh watch for the um the scene where carlin picks up a couple snooker balls and puts them in a sock because uh, you get a great tracking shot there <laughs> uh, i give this film two thumbs up and five ba- five bags of popcorn and a soda i give it all of that too i didn't even think about having a rating system for our... uh we don't need one i i just th- i just think we should just do recommendations in general just like hey should you watch it should you not watch it should you watch it till you get bored you know just like uh what's your feel on this film yeah uh anyway i'm the last thing i'm gonna say is watch this movie it's good yeah watch the movie absolutely (laughs) and until next time have a great night and thank you for joining us in it's a nasty world stay nasty a video nasty, 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 video nasty, you can't
10 horrendous Yo VHS been deemed offensive Smuggling flicks like we hustling bricks Yo video stole, got the plug for the shit The DDP won't let it be You might get arrested for what you see Might go to jail with a couple of late fees Movies and sales could drive you crazy at least that's what they said Films like absurd and faces of death So many films, google the rest The covers themselves got the senses upset Can cinema kill? It's hard to imagine Time to take a look and examine A video nasty It's about to get ghastly A video nasty, a video nasty 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 Video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty.